0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to She Is Talking. How are you? We're getting into the second week of January, and that's the second week of the new year. So the sparkle of the new year is kind of wearing off by now. So how are you? How are you doing? Are you checking in with yourself? Because that's wicked, wicked important. I'm sitting in my new apartment, so I'm living with my boyfriend and one of our really good friends from college, and it's so exciting, but let me tell you, living with no furniture is so fun and aesthetic for the first like day and a half after that. I am living out of boxes and bags and nothing is organized. I didn't pack it very organized either. So this is just a disaster in here. I'm having dreams about the clutter in my apartment. So it is a little bit stressful, but I know it's all going to come together. And what I'm bringing into this new year is lucky girl syndrome. Everything works out for me. Nothing like that whole idea of like nothing is real that's kind of what I'm going for right now nothing is real unless I perceive it as real so everything works out for me everything's going to work out because I'm a lucky girl that's what I'm bringing into the new year I am living in Delulu delusional confidence and you know what it's bringing me happiness it's bringing me peace so that's what we're riding with this new year I am so incredibly excited about you listening to this episode today. It's with my beautiful, wonderful friend. You may know her as Denise, heaven's receptionist, TikTok icon with over 1 million followers, runner-up to Miss America or Miss New York. Well, it's my sister and friend, Taryn Delaney-Smith. Having such wonderful women in my life like Taryn is honestly just such a flex. (laughs) I am so excited for all of us to chat about being our most authentic selves. That is something that I really admire about Taryn. She is unapologetically herself, and that's not only her as a person, but that is also her brand. She's weird, goofy, and funny as hell. You are going to love her as much as I do, so let's get into it.
1: Hey, Taryn. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am great. I'm so
0: excited to have you. I think the last time that I saw you was at Sylvie's retirement. Why are you
1: calling it a retirement? Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) The dethroning. or I call it a dethroning. Yes, absolutely. That's way more regal. I like that. So, what's new? How is life? Life is good. I just got back um, from LA. I shot my first show, which was really a fun experience um and hopefully that show gets picked up um because i only shot up basically a pilot season so with oh okay industry works for those listening um just because you shoot a pilot episode or a pilot season doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna get to have be on a show for many seasons so we're gonna wait to see if that gets picked up and i really hope it does because it was the best time of my life i had the most wonderful cast and crew and so i would love to get to do that for my real full-time job.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. I saw
1: all of your TikToks and stuff. It looked like so much fun. Do you know what the oh timeline of that looks like? Um no, and that's the thing is a lot of hurry up and wait and then also like a lot of um mystery even for the people that are involved in the show, but I know that um they're starting that the kind of the post-production editing process, but that process can take months. Mm-hmm. And then once that editing process is finished, we still won't hear back till probably the spring. Um, maybe even early summer if we have a show. So it's so much waiting around, but I'm so excited and I'm really proud of what we made. So I hope I hope that people like it and I hope that people get to see it. Well, I think people absolutely love it. And
0: fingers crossed for you. That's so exciting. I'm so Thank excited you. for you. Thank you. So I feel like you've just had, you've lived so many different lives and we've talked yeah. a little bit about it, Like, but yeah. you didn't just pop up in New York. So you worked wicked no. hard to get there.
1: How can you tell us a little bit about your story? Thank you for asking. Um, yeah, so you know, I grew up in West Seattle, Washington. I'm not from New York originally. Um, I am from a small, a smaller community, a subset of Seattle, Washington, West Seattle. Um, and um I was always honestly just I was like the weird black girl in school. I grew up in a really largely white community. Um and so for me, um, I always felt very other. I mean, one, I was often the only black person in my classes. I didn't have a black teacher um, until I was like a junior in high school. I had one black teacher. Um, and I never realized how odd that is to not ever have a, a an educator or a, position in, a person in a position of power that looks like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I got to college, I knew I wanted to go to college in New York. I knew I wanted to get to New York. Um, it's funny when people would ask me in high school, what do you want to do when you grew up? I would literally just be like, I'm going to live in New York. I'm going to have a great day. And I want to have this fabulous, colorful life. And that was really never enough for people. They're like, okay, but what do you want to do? What's your plan? And I just like, it doesn't matter. That's where I'm going to be. That's who I'm going to be. That's what I'm going to do. So when I, um, got into college at St. John's, I accepted right away. And that was actually when I moved to New York, that was really my first time in New York. Um, I loved it right away. Um, And one really important thing was that a lot, I had a ton of Black professors. Um, St. John's University um, is, I know it's ranked high in diversity. I don't want to misquote it. I think it might be second or third in diversity in the nation for um, Catholic, private Catholic universities. Maybe it's number one. Oh my God, St. John's, don't be mad at me that I get this stat wrong. They're very (laughs) proud of their diversity. Um, But it's an extraordinarily diverse university. And then New York, as you can imagine, is a very diverse place. So that was really the beginning of me stepping into who I am. And I felt like in high school, yeah, I was weird. I was loud. um, But especially going into my early 20s, I really started to mute a lot of that. I think I really started to be like, okay, if we want to fit in in this world, if we want to be successful in this world, we are going to have to tone it down. And I was always being told to like, take it down a notch. Can you be a little quieter? The amount of times I've gotten the feedback, Taryn's kind of a lot. To be frank i still get that feedback all the time um and i at the time i was like i think one of my biggest goals is that i'm gonna have to mute that could be a little bit more demure and fit into these molds um i realized that i um i really wanted to help people um and i was really passionate about french language i speak for i speak english and french um and so um I wanted to go into diplomacy work to work for the UN it's that's normal to speak English and French so like I was like oh, I I have a lot of these qualifications and I can do human rights work and I really wanted to go into diplomacy which is oh
0: wow that's very different
1: than what I do now right so I took an internship in Paris and I actually moved to France for a while and I um I did a, a working internship abroad um in France in diplomacy and that was a huge again that was a lot more of i was i loved it i loved the idea of it i love my studies um but it was a lot more of like if you're going to work in this field if you want to do this you're going to have to tone it a lot down you're going to have to make yourself fit into this box um as you can imagine international diplomacy is very serious work <laughs> right <laughs> very yeah. serious very serious government work and so um uh, i again this was the, this three line of my life of being other, um, and always just not quite fitting in the places that I wanted to be. And always thinking like, is this just my truth that I'm just never going to quite fit? Um, or maybe I will find a space in which I fit. And so I come back to New York, COVID hits, like literally the month after I get back. And so everything quieted down. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was supposed to have this, another internship, another job in diplomacy, but that, that fell through because of COVID. And so then I ended up working, um, I started cleaning houses. I, I lost my job as a waitress. Um, I was supposed to come back and work in restaurants because I worked. I was a waitress for years. Lost my job as a waitress because of the pandemic. So I just started cleaning houses and cleaning apartments. Um, this was a really important time in my life, I think, because I really proved to myself. I was like, I was really proud of myself. I was like, I am. I am scrappy. Like, I really like, I will, if there's a will, there is a way I will figure it out. Um and so like I had to I found this apartment for um, it was like seven hundred and seventy five dollars a month in Brooklyn. So bad apartment. It had no heat, which is illegal, but it had no heat. Um the we landlord like just dropped off a space heater in December. Um it had no heat, it was in a really real on a really bad street. Um and um and I was cleaning houses and this is one of the hardest times of my life. I Diplomacy wasn't working out, obviously. Um, and I've, all of my courses had switched to online. So I'm just taking classes online and cleaning houses. And I was, I remember just feeling like stuck. Um, I felt like this immense pressure. Like, am I going to, I can't let people down. I've always felt like I can't let people down. Mm-hmm. I have to have, you know, the life that I always said I was gonna have. Um, and I have to be impressive. Um, I, that was really important to me, right? To be to be uh, deemed as impressive by others. Um, and again, I still really wanted to help people. And so I just remember thinking like while I was cleaning houses and stuff that I was like, I'm gonna find my way and this is gonna be, this is gonna be just a chapter in my story. And that's really how I got through that time where I was just like, I remember thinking to myself, if I ever make it to Miss America, cause I, that was a long time dream in my heart. I wanted to Miss New York. Um, I was like, when I get to Miss America, um, I'll just talk about this in my Miss America interview. I I'd say that to like kind of- You're like, this is this for side. the plot. This is good yeah, interview I was content. Like, this is just, yeah, I was like, this is going to be a great chapter in my memoir. I'm so proud <laughs> of myself. So I really felt this overwhelming sense of pride. And though I did feel like stuck and sad sometimes, I just knew that I was in the precipice of something great. Um, I Things opened up a little more. I became a receptionist and that is when I made my first TikTok. I became a receptionist while I was finishing my master's. Now I'd gone on to get my master's. And I made my first TikTok. It blows up. Um and I literally I have two videos on my TikTok page at this point. And the second one has 21 million views. Oh my goodness. So, I have friends calling me who I again, I I wasn't really on social media. Ironically, mm. not wasn't really into social media at all. Um, and a friend called me who was big into TikTok and she's like, Taryn, oh my god, you could like have a career in this. I had no idea you could like make a career in a TikToker. Seriously, I'm like such an old nerd like I'm such but a also salesman, I, I just like
0: that. didn't realize that the timeline I guess was so quickly it was like yes. so quick in that that is TikTok was still
1: very new at that point this was in 20 I blew up like right before, like let's see this was in 20 uh 21 i feel like people didn't start taking tiktok seriously until like
0: 2021 and like that's kind of where it started growing well i feel like 2020 everyone was just making fun videos because they were at home and so then 2021 it was like oh my gosh we can actually do something people are paying attention and wow that's awesome yeah i
1: agree so it did happen really fast yeah this was in 20 yeah this is in 2021 i hope i can get you yeah because i've been doing this for two years so in 2021 TikTok was, at this point, by the way, I've already gone to Miss New York and lost Miss New York. This happened somewhere in the middle. This happened during the pandemic. Oh, okay. And so I'd gone to Miss New York. I was first runner up. Oh my God. I was. And then I came back from Miss New York and now more than ever, I'm like, all right, things are really uh, not panning out for me. I'm like, <laughs> I, I didn't win Miss New York. I can't get a job in diplomacy. I'm still applying and applying and applying and applying to jobs at the UN. I'm applying all over the place and I cannot get a job in diplomacy. So i'm actually i mean i'm pretty down on myself you know and um and so yeah this TikTok blows up and i finally thought to myself and i'm like you know i've generally found that when uh, with god the universe whatever you know whatever higher power you believe in um when they make doors open for you um it's because it's where you're supposed to be and when you find that doors keep slamming shut in your face and in a certain area oftentimes it might be because you're just being it's not because it's no it's just redirection. And so I was like, I'll give this a try. And ironically, at the time, I had said, I, a gal found her, named Shoshana, she's my manager. She reached out. She's like, I think you're going to have a career in this. I want to help you. She encouraged me to quit my job, which was really scary at the time. Yeah, that's I was, intimidating. Like, nah. I was like, I can't quit my job as a receptionist. So it was a bad job. It's a steady it a income. <laughs> yeah, it was a steady income. Basically, she encouraged me to quit my job. I was like, okay, I quit my job. And funnily enough, the one thing I told her, I was like, I'm going to be Miss New York. So this can't like get in the way of me being Miss New York. And she was like, okay, like, that's fine. I was like, okay, cool. So I begin TikToking and it starts out slow and I start making videos and I just started building this little community. And for the first time in my life, as much as I kept saying to my parents, well, this is just a little side hustle I'm gonna do for now until I can get into diplomacy. The more I kept making these videos, um, and I was doing ads and they were really lucrative and I was like, wow, I can really make money here. And building this little community, The more and more, for the first time in my life, I was getting resoundingly celebrated for being so weird. It was like the first time in my life people were cheering for me, not because of an achievement, not because of um, I was successfully fitting into a mold. People were actually cheering for me because I didn't fit into any mold. People were were connecting with me because they um, felt seen. There were so many, like, As a, I had so many, as a fellow black girl with ADHD, this spoke to me. Like I got so many of those messages. Oh my God, you're just like my daughter. Oh my God, you're just like my sister. Oh my God, you're just like my best friend. You're just like how we are behind closed doors and how, how we can't and don't feel comfortable being out in the world. And the more that I got these messages, one, the more it motivated me to keep going. And two, the more I really started thinking about it, I was like, so what am I doing here? Because I don't want to just make skits. I really don't. I don't just want to mix kids because I'll run out of ideas eventually. I realized that I really started, I really started just talking to people um, and speaking to specifically women. And I was really speaking to women that felt other. And so that's when it really started to just build and build and build momentum. I then won Miss New York. And a lot of my time as Miss New York was being friggin' weird. And I was like, that was, and that's harder than I think a lot of people recognize, but you really understand because you are in the Miss America world, which is a very, very closed, <laughs> small circle of people. Yes, um, absolutely. And you get that where it's like, we are under so much pressure to be perfect mm-hmm. from all sides. And even with the most wonderful mentors and team in your corner, when you become a Miss, when you become a Miss state. There is an immense amount of pressure. Like you're supposed
0: to be able to be authentically yourself. However, Mm -hmm. you have to have like hit these certain marks along the way, whether that's in your interview, whether that's on stage, you have to hit these certain marks, but they're like, be yourself. But finding that balance is so hard right off the
1: bat. Well, they say be yourself. And then they say, okay, well, not like that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, rein that in. And so I had to make a choice at the very beginning of being Miss New York. I was like, all right, I have, I see the messages. I'm just like, I can't believe someone like me is Miss New York. And I was like, I can't let them down. By kind of giving in and doing what is safer and and muting, I think putting on mute a lot of these things that make me who I am. Yes, I am loud and I do accents and I'm weird. And, and I love, um, if there's music playing, I'm going to dance, right? Like, and I started to really think about the fact that I was like, think about how many women we know and meet. Is there anything sadder to me than when a woman laughs really loudly? She like cover. I, I know a lot of women in my life. They cover their their mouth like this because they yes. don't like. They don't it's like little things teeth. like that. Little things. Uh, I see. I see. All but a restaurant. I see women like throw a woman throw her head back laughing, and then she catches herself and she reins it in, or she covers her mouth because maybe they don't like their teeth or their or their their smile, mm-hmm. which is probably the one of the most devastating things to me. Um, and I became really sensitive to this all the, I became really sensitive to all the times I acted in a way that was authentic to myself and people said there was a lot of people saying oh my god I love this this is so funny and then I would get the email that the board got of she's not <laughs> acting like a Miss New York she's not acting like a Miss America I became mm-hmm. hypersensitive to that I was like no I'm not acting like what you want a Miss New York or a Miss America to be but that doesn't mean just because just because it hasn't been done before, doesn't mean that it shouldn't be done at all. And I think a lot of it was, I had to finally challenge that and be like, okay, where's the blueprint? Where's the rule book? Show it to me. Mm-hmm. There isn't one. It's up to us. You know, it's up to the young. I hope if anyone's listening to this, and I'm sure you have a lot of listeners that are competitors mm-hmm. um, or local title holders. I, that's what I want to say is like, you do not have to perform or dance for to a tune that someone else is playing. You can stop the music and be like, hang on this is how I want to do it. And let's try it. It may or may not be successful. Like you may or may not win the title or you may or may not always actually have an approval rating from people, you know, that need it. But at the same time, if it feels right to you, if it's right with your spirit. um, If you're living with a kind
0: heart, there's no problem with
1: being unapologetically yourself and being loud about it. Exactly. Exactly. So if you're somebody who I'm trying to think of a good example of if you like nerd culture people are like, don't talk about that. No one wants to hear about that. No, talk about Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and like talk about those things. If that's what is that's what's authentic to you. Mm-hmm. Um. And it, yeah, like you said, as long as you're not hurting anybody, if you're if this is the way that you choose to love people, that oh is what you need to do. And I think who we are, who we truly are, is how we choose to love people. So, and there's no wrong way to do that. Um, And so for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this my way. Um, I'm really glad that I did uh, because I really left my time as Miss New York. And I really felt like I love people really loudly. And I was, and it was really um, infused with so much fun. And I still to this day get messages of people that are like, I'm so grateful that I was able to watch somebody who's like, quote unquote, you know, a beauty queen. I know mm-hmm. Miss America's a lot more than that, but that's how, right. you know, the masses see it. Um, who's kind of weird like me, black like me, has imperfect skin and hyperpigmentation and acne like me. I showed a lot of that during my year, which people, not everyone loved to see. They didn't, so a lot of people were like, can Taryn wear makeup more when she's, I'm like, no, I'm not gonna wear makeup when I'm talking about normalizing hyperpigmentation. <laughs> right. You're Duh. like, that kind of defeats the purpose here. <laughs> Literally. And if that makes you uncomfortable, then you don't have to like it. You don't have to follow. But there are other people who I want to speak to. And so you have to let you have to let she is talking. You have to let her talk. You have to let her use her yes. voice. Um, and so that is the journey that I took. And then, you know, of course, after Miss New York, I've just continued on with my entertainment career and I've been very, very blessed and very lucky. Um, and that was kind of the birth of what I call chaos goblins. Um, and really it's about I think every woman has a little bit of a goblin in her. And mm-hmm. I think it's really, we mute it for the male gaze. That is a theory that I've developed and I don't think it's an unpopular theory. We When we cover our laugh, when we when we decide not to dance at the party, not only is it maybe because we've been conditioned to be embarrassed by who or how we are, but also I think a lot of it has to do with kind of living for the male gaze. I will also say as a competitor in, in pageants since I was 18, I spent many years performing for what feels like the male gaze, being attractive um, right? like being being just the right amount of of just the right amount of whatever it is that, like the patriarchy finds acceptable. Mm-hmm. and And so, chaos goblin is kind of the me, pulling together my forces of weird women and My really forces. just being I love that <laughs> oh yeah I'm being a chaos goblin out in the world like just just let your goblin flag by like have dance at the party and you don't even have to be like more props if you're not a good dancer I actually love bad dancing at parties I I'm a bad dancer at parties like I love I it I think it's great I think I'm a terrible dancer I, wanna, I feel that <laughs> yeah I want to see women have fun I want to see women laugh loudly I want to see women um I really wanna see women come together in a way in which they are not looking over their shoulder to see if anyone's judging them. But the only way we can do that is if we really unite and we all kind of sign this invisible contract to be part of that, to not judge, to allow people to have fun and be themselves. Um, that is and, one of my absolute favorite things about you and your brand and,
0: and what you are doing with your social media platforms as well as just in regular life. Like the chaos goblin, like you're very unfiltered, you're very goofy, and that's something that I very much admire about you because, like, I've been in that same boat growing up. Like, I think a lot of women also feel this way. It's just that being called too much, very consistently. Like, you get called too much, a little too often. Right. And so. Talking about Chaos Goblin and loving that energy, it's sometimes hard to tap into that. So how did you tap into that energy? And like, how do you think embracing your Goblin energy has influenced your journey and the people around you, especially in the context of confidence and mental health?
1: I'm really lucky that I have have really good girlfriends. I've always been started by really cool women. Um, And I, I seek out women that I notice, that I, you know, I notice things about them that I really admire and I cultivate a relationship with them. So I I, you know, that they are um complementary of other women when they're not in the room. Mm -hmm. That they're, you know, they're so down for a laugh. They're so down, you know, for the spontaneous trip to go thrift shopping or they're down for the spontaneous dinner out. And then when you're out, if I'm suddenly like, oh my God, and I'm, we're telling this, you know, funny or crazy story they're, you know, they're adding to it. You know, they're never, I mean, the quickest way for me to kind of pull away is for someone to be like, oh my God, you're just, you're too much or you're a lot. You know what I mean? And I, that, I think that that should probably be a rule of thumb for anyone. If you have friends or you have people in your life that are telling you to be less or make yourself smaller, then that's something you should notice. I've been really lucky. I don't surround myself with people like that. I surround myself with people that are encouraging, that um, that we cheer for each other. And I think that is where I get all of my fuel, all my funny, all of my joy from is the people that I surround myself with. I think it's, um, I think everybody knows to do that, but I actually think it's kind of an, it needs to be talked about more. Mm-hmm. I think it's people underestimate how powerful the company you keep is in your mental health, and how you show up in the world, how you choose to move through your career, the people you surround yourself with, I'm going to say are paramount. They're up here. It's super important.
0: You're the product of your environment. Yeah. There are so many different situations that we have to kind of tailor ourselves to in ways to present ourselves like the way that we interact in a job interview is going to be very different than a way that maybe you would act around your friends and that's going to be different yeah. around the way that you act in a classroom and whatnot
1: sure.
0: Like i know going into miss maine and going to miss america like that was something that we talked about a little bit earlier that finding a little bit of that balance of like yeah. professionalism as well as including that chaos goblin like we all have that amazing energy inside of us so within your experiences staying consistent with a positive and confident mindset can be challenging especially in new situations how do you maintain your goblin energy and authenticity
1: yeah i would say um there is room for you at every table you sit at and and you have to remember to not leave yourself at the door um i love that you know and so and you when you sit down at these tables um you might and this is and this is just part of life you may have to don a different outfit right so Sometimes you'll be in an evening gown or a business suit or sweatpants, but no matter what table you sit down and no matter what you're wearing, you have to remember to bring yourself into the room as well. Um, And remember that that is going to be what what helps people connect with you. What makes people feel, in my mind, I'm like, I am myself, not just for myself, but because I want people to feel comfortable. I want people to feel seen and I want people to feel like I'm being honest with them. And those, these are all important components to connecting with people in every room that you're in. So Chaos Goblin Energy, when I'm I'm with a group of kids, is really easy because they're Kids are going to match Chaos Goblin Energy every single time. Kids (laughs) are great because they have have no inhibition. They have no, they have not been conditioned to be quiet, right? They haven't let that sink in yet. Uh, and, And so, and they're so fun. They're so free. I love working with kids whenever I get to because it's like it's, it was always so fun to just I got when I was in New York I played a lot like I played in classrooms and that was super wonderful and then when you're what I'm on when I'm talking to NBC or ABC News um sure I'm gonna bring in I want I want professional I want to be respectable I am a, I'm a business and I'm a business woman but at the same time it's fun to let out a cackle or like <laughs> make the joke that you want to make. And I'm always, when I'm on a job, especially I'm on a set, um, it's really, really important to me. Um, I learn the names of everyone in the room. That's always been really important to me. And mm-hmm. I take time at the beginning, at the top of whatever I'm doing to make sure I ask everyone's name, to learn everyone's name, to thank them for their time. Um, Maybe that might be annoying to some people, but this is really important to me. Again, this sets up um, any space to be one in which um, we all feel safe to like be ourselves and to have fun and that mm-hmm. everyone also feels respected and seen. These are really, really important things, imp- important things to me. Uh, and I think they help me to bring the energy and bring the funny because when everyone's comfortable, everyone can have fun.
0: I feel like that really unlocked something for me in particular because like I've always been, I mean, that's what my brand is. And that's something I always say is like my passion in life is empowering other people. Like when I leave a conversation with someone, I want them to feel empowered. And so for the past, I would say like past a year and a half, two years going through my early twenties, my mid twenties, it has been hard to keep that rhythm of Staying that consistent, like confidence, like staying in that level. And I've been trying to figure out ways to kind of change that mindset because when I was a little bit younger, it was a little bit easier to stay in that consistency because you're in the same environment over and over again. And So being able to think of it the way that you just said, like you are using your own attributes. You're using your qualities, your values to connect with other people. And like, that's the motivator there is it's not to be uniquely yourself so that you necessarily feel comfortable. It's, hey, I want them to feel like they can be themselves. That
1: being yourself gives space for others. Let's not ignore the fact that it takes courage. Um, It's much easier to be brave for someone else than to be brave for yourself, at least for me. Um, but when I see it as an act of service, it's much more powerful.
0: I love that. Something that you have mentioned is about being fully intentional and embracing your full self. Could you share some specific strategies or practices that you found helpful in building and maintaining your confidence?
1: Um, that's a great question. But what some strategies that I found helpful in building confidence? Um, I, I am, I speak well to myself even when I don't want to, and I'm not saying I do all the time. I'm certainly, when I'm in like in a dark place, like with self-esteem wise, I am very mean to myself. I do all the things that I shouldn't do or I'm just like, I become critical of my my face, my body. Um, I, very, I can I can be very critical of a lot of things. Um, I start to hate the sound of my own voice because when you work in content creation, you're listening to yourself all the time and looking at yourself all the time. Right. Um, your brand is you and you cannot escape you. And so that can be actually really hard on my mental health. Um, I don't want to listen to myself talk all the time. <laughs> I don't, but sometimes you, have, sometimes you have three pieces of content you have to edit that day and it's all about you. And, um, and so for me, one, being really active and serving my community actually has really helped with my mental health in that way. I never want to feel like, you know, my career has become all about me, 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 me. That's really empty for me. It's really soulless. Um, And so for me, being able to use like what resources I have to support shelters, I'm a board member um, of a shelter here in New York City. So I do quite a bit of work um, with my shelter um, and making sure that, you know, we support individuals experiencing homelessness here in New York City. Um, You know, these are all things that are huge pillars in my life. Um, They're probably only going to become these bigger pillars in my life as my career grows because it's so important to me. Um, So. The short answer is getting out of your own head and literally getting out of your own way and, and maybe serving someone else, um, doing, doing acts of service for others and supporting others, um, putting energy into others for me helps my self-confidence because I also like myself more when I'm doing things in my community. Overall, oh. I'm like, I like myself more. Um, and so that's part of it. And then this, it that gives you a sense of purpose yeah and then the other thing i would say is i actively talk this is, sounds crazy but it's not that crazy because i've said i talk to myself all the time i talk out loud to myself here in the house all the time um i'm not crazy maybe i'm a little but i think it's actually <laughs> about um this active exercise of keeping yourself company and having a friendship with yourself Oh, I love so that i'll literally if that makes any sense it's like when you're at home alone Especially if you're, like, if you work from home, I can imagine you probably go all day sometimes without speaking out loud to another mm-hmm. human being, and you're just, like, on your whatever, on your computer. For me, it's, like, I literally keep myself company, where I'll be, like, look at us. We're just cute as a button. Uh. <laughs> like, I'll talk to myself in the mirror, like, look at me being cute. I love that for you. Look at us go. Like, I talk to myself. I literally verbally comfort myself all That's the incredible. time. That's incredible. And I think more people should do it if especially also if you're like what is that crazy is that embarrassing you're alone at the house who cares who cares what anyone thinks no one's gonna know I talk to myself constantly and I'm and I'm when I make sure that when I speak aloud to myself I'm as kind as I can possibly be I'm obsessed with that even if I don't feel like it I try to speak kindly
0: I love that so every episode, we always have a section of She Is Talking dedicated to real talk. So real talk is just something that either you might be struggling with or just some a little bit of transparency because on social media, everything's a highlight reel that we all know, we've all talked about, but this is just a way to dig a little deeper. So the first time that you and I actually had a conversation, I was reflecting on it when I was going over what we were going to talk about for this episode. And yeah. the first time that we genuinely sat down and had a conversation It was, we got right into the deep stuff. I don't know. We were right on the bus and we started talking about like, what are some things that we wanted to change about ourselves at one point? Like we had done the like, hello's, hey's. And then we were like getting right into it. I was like, I wanted a nose job for so long. And then I didn't. Oh my God. We
1: did talk about this. Yes. We were talking about this and how we were like the the struggles of that. Yeah, absolutely. I remember this now we were on the, the back of the bus.
0: Yeah, like we just jumped right into talking about our insecurities, which I just think is a really cool way that like women can connect with each other off the bat, that we can get very deep and we can get very emotional. And that's something that I really appreciate about our friendship. And so yeah. going into the new year here, I have been dealing with some like imposter syndrome, some like job hunting moving and being in new environments. I feel like that comes in tandem with that in your journey and where you are now What are some significant challenges that you have faced and that, and how did you navigate those?
1: I, I have imposter syndrome every day. Every time I get an exciting job or opportunity, um, my first, I notice that my first thought is, oh my God, but what if I get there and they think, oh, she's not actually as talented as we thought. I always think that's going to happen. Um, or at least it crosses my mind um really? I certainly I got to set in LA and I was like what if I get on camera and they all think we shouldn't have hired her she's not as funny uh, live as she is in her edited videos what if I mm-hmm. you know I and I anytime I get I I I get um I had a recently had an offer that was so exciting and I'm having another call about it but I got offered um an opportunity to write for um a program write for a show do oh comedy gosh. writing for a show and yeah, yeah I'm that's really awesome. And my first reaction was like, this is such a big moment in my career that people are recognizing that I'm a good writer and that's so cool. And then my second thought was, oh my God, well, what if I had this whole scenario planned out in my head that I get there and I nothing I'm draw, writing is very funny or like nothing that I'm coming up with this is good. And then they're thinking, oh, we shouldn't have hired her. So um, I think a lot of my imposter syndrome and, and uh, my negative self-talk revolves around like letting people down or being a disappointment to people. Um, you know, it's really wonderful. I I get a lot of love from my community online. Another fear that pops up is what if, what if when they meet me, what if, if we were there, what if they were to get to know me and, and not like me as much as they thought they would, how much that would hurt and how much I don't ever want to let people down. Um, and so that is something that I feel all the time. Um, I have a really deep fear of, of letting people down or disappointing people, um, because I love people so much and I really don't want to do that. And so I don't have the answers on like how to not feel that way anymore. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I think that's like right now talking about it and being public about it is helpful. Um, Yeah, sometimes you need
0: to like at least acknowledge it, you know, like that's something that was helpful for me is like going through the job hunt and I'm like, okay, well, what if I'm not qualified and they find that out? Like I, I applied, but what if when I get into the interview, they think I'm a joke and it's just like saying that out loud sometimes is a little bit comforting to like validate your own feelings and that like, Hey, it's human to feel this way sometimes.
1: Yeah. And I think it helps to not, I think a lot of it imposter syndrome thrives, it eats it feeds mm. on the feeling of being found out of like people f- discovering that. So I think actually when you become public or you, you at least publicly acknowledge or talk about like I am right now, these fears, it takes some power away from imposter syndrome because then at least you can acknowledge it. However, I think there's also this fear of like, if I say it out loud, will people not take me as seriously? or Will I make it real? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and I, I bring it to their attention. Yeah. And I'm doing it right now. I'm talking about it. And um, I'm thinking to myself, I don't, think that's true I think that it's helpful and I think that other people feel it too and um I think it's normal and I think that um think about anyone that you admire anybody that's really great and somebody that has been where you want to be think about them mm-hmm. I promise you they've experienced it too they've experienced self-doubt before um and so it's it's actually just a very human experience and and yet it's When it's happening to you, it feels like you're the only person in the world that's feeling that way. Um, And I think that's because, again, it thrives on us not acknowledging it or talking about it. So we have to talk about it. Um, And so for me, talking about it helps. And I would also just say, um, you know, really pushing yourself to be like, I'm in, if you're in a job interview, you got the interview for a reason. They wouldn't have interviewed you if you didn't think you'd be qualified um so you know if you're if you got the job if you got the opportunity you're being invited to that table because you bring something to that table so don't look left don't look right look straight ahead don't compare I yourself like to the next to you you bring something to the table every single time everybody brings something to the table that other people don't um and so you have to really embrace that um going on to that of bringing it to light and kind
0: of acknowledging that something that's really helped me over the past few years in competing is I repeat affirmations over and over again. That's something Mm -hmm. just kind of like drown out that self-doubt. And yesterday I was having massive anxiety about moving across the country and Mm -hmm. I was like, what can I do right now? And so for me, it was affirmations. I was like, okay, like I'm excited for the new opportunities and just trying to take that moment to believe in that do you have any favorite affirmations or mantras maybe that you find particularly helpful in moments of that self-doubt or insecurity?
1: Well, I was actually curious, what do your affirmations sound like? Like, is it just, are they, is like, I am excited? Like, what does an affirmation sound like to you? I feel like I, I'm i not as familiar with what an affirmation sounds like. I would love to hear yours. Yeah. So for in for instance, for
0: yesterday, it was like, I am excited about the new opportunities that are coming to me abundance flows to me easily. And then when it came to competition, like uh, something that I was very concerned about was on stage question, which I feel like most people are, you're very on the Mm -hmm. spot. And so Mm -hmm. I had a few that were just used to kind of drown out that noise. So I was, I am confident. I'm confident. I'm confident. Words and thoughts come to me effortlessly. And then I uh-huh. repeat that over and over again. And then I am yeah. ready. And so kind of giving myself that pep talk, giving that myself that hype and using that I am has been shown in science that, that I am and using your own name helps mm-hmm. you rewire your brain because your brain can't distinguish between fantasy and reality. So saying something is like hardwiring it to believe a certain thing. And so using that. that positive energy and that positive environment to kind of cultivate that accomplishment you may want or that new environment that you want.
1: I love that. Okay, good. I love that. Well, that's good to know. I, you're, you have a lot more structured use of it. And I think that's good. I, I'm going to use, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to employ it as well. Like using your name—that's really cool. I, never I feel really like you use that a
0: little bit with your talking to yourself at home and yeah, giving yourself that high yeah. woman.
1: Like we look cute today. <laughs> yeah, like we're we're such a vibe. Like we're so great. Um, yeah, I know, and, and like, and then just making that real and making that true. Um, and like, I imagine myself in scenarios in which I'm powerful and like, and I look good and feel good. I imagine that, um, especially if I'm not feeling that way. And so, and then I often kind of go forward to try to make that scenario happen and make it a reality. And so that's actually, that's always a fun mental exercise that I do.
0: Your journey has been so inspiring to others. What message or advice you have for any of the listeners here that you'd like to share who may be on their journey towards
1: Confidence and self-love and that self-growth. What makes you weird, what makes you different is probably going to be what makes you the most successful. So stop trying to hide from it. Stop muting it and stop pretending um, that it's not your superpower because it is. Embrace the things that have, ev- that have ever made you feel other in a room, embrace them, um, turn them into something positive because they really can be. I, I think we are all on this earth Um for a reason, and I think that there is a reason why no one, not a single person uh, is like the other. There is a reason that we are not carving copies of each other. Each of us has to bring something, you know, to this world um, that's really profound and special. And and you might not think the things that make you weird or other are profound or special, but they are. I'm gonna challenge you on that, they are. Um, And so stop running from them, stop running from yourself. Exactly who and how you are is what is gonna be what you know changes the world and what changes your corner of the world and makes it better. Uh, so lean into it.
0: That's beautiful. I think there are so many snippets and like sound bites, for lack of a better phrase, throughout this conversation. So thank you so much, Taryn. Like a lot of your experiences, a lot of your opinions, and how you have walked on this journey has been so inspiring and thank so you. admirable. So thank you so much for being here
1: and thank you thank for
0: you.
1: having a little chat with me about this. Thank you. And thank you for she is talking. I think it's such an important um I think it's such an important show and I love what you're doing with your platform too. I love seeing the things that you post. I love the realness. I love the rawness on your social media. It's so refreshing. I'm so proud of you. So keep going.
0: Thank you. I'm proud of you and I'm so excited and everyone send good vibes. So the TV show gets hit. Let's go. <laughs> sending good vibes. Thank
1: you so much.
0: Now, can you see why this was one of my favorite episodes? Taryn is absolutely wonderful. And I'm so glad that we were able to just sit and have this conversation. At least it was very eye opening for me. I really hope it was eye opening for you. I have been struggling with how I want to attack this new era of confidence, my mid 20s confidence self. And I've been really struggling with that, honestly. And we talked about that today. And this has really altered the way I think about things. And it's important to note that There's always going to be outside noise. There's always going to be people that have opinions just because they have their opinions. That's all they are, their opinions. That's the way that they think. That's the way that they would handle things. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's right or wrong, but it's wrong for you, right? You need to do what is right for you. You need to live with a kind heart. You need to be your fullest self. Never shrink for anybody else's comfortability. We are the author of our story. I'm going to say this every single week. We are the author of our story. We get to write it. And if we're always thinking about what other people are thinking and we're living our lives for them, and that is not what we're doing here. So before I go, get some therapy. I'm signing up again for my therapy appointments now that my schedule is a little bit more accurate. Take a walk, do something you love, find your love language, and treat yourself this week. 2024 is your year the second week has nothing on you. Everyone says it, but I mean it. You are ready for what is coming your way. I love our little conversations. Thank you for being here. You've got it. You have everything you need inside of you to succeed. Go get it. Go after your dreams. It's time to shake your beauty. I'll talk to you later. I love you, and I am so proud of you. Bye.